Salutations World, this is Nikki Beans. What up, Kurt Architect? And uh, this is episode number two. Is Yeah, this will be episode number two. Technically, yeah. For our perspective. Yeah, it's for our perspective. Um, next week, hold on, we're recording this on um, 10-13. So, we were having a conversation right before we um, started recording about Dwight Howard and you were saying something scary about social media. Yep. All right, what what was, you know, like, all right, so ex- what's the situation going on with Dwight? His wife was tripping on him. All right, so you know the Lakers just won the championship. Yeah, so, yeah. So Dwight Howard went on live, you know, celebrating, recording everything after the, after the game was up. So he accidentally leaked a text to his live for whoever was all tuned in. Everybody got to read what the fuck he accidentally leaked. And I just was like, damn, that's just another reminder of social media just being a little bit too much transparent. Even though that was clearly an accident, I believe people share way too much on social media in general. But even that, like him trying to capture that moment and then being so open to accidentally leaking a text and for everybody to see. Like it's just social media just opens the door to expose way too much stuff, rather intended or non intended. And so speaking of like the um the whole transparency, you know, opening doors, things of that nature, um, like, you know, we like fully vested I'm fully vested in the podcast, and, you know, I also got my real estate license, so mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, all right, so how much do I share on the podcast, you know, how much do I send to myself, um, because, you know, I might drop a bitch, or a fuck, <laughs> or, you know, like, you know, something of that nature, Right. but, like, I'm, I feel like I'm a good person, I feel like people would say I'm a good person, you know, like, I oftentimes question, okay. you know, like, you feel me, like, Nigga, are you a good enough person, V? I agree. Um, and so, you know, the whole real estate, the professionalism. And then I was like, similar to what you said in regards to social media, um, with that being transparent, you know, displaying the realness. You got The Rock sharing himself. Will Smith, he revamped his entire career, you know, with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I'm like, should I... You know, with the age that we're in now, um, the transparency, the realness, and even with the president that we have in regards to his realness, mm-hmm. you know, calling out, you know, cokeheads, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should not have to, you know, censor, you know, being, you know, on the podcast because we're in the age of realness. Yeah, we are. So that's one thing I can say about Trump. I mean, he's fucking terrible, but... As far as setting the standard or lack thereof standard of any type of professionalism or holding yourself to any type of degree. So you could literally, you could say some off the wall shit, but what's the standard? You'd be like, look at the guy that's over the, the most powerful man, quote unquote, you know, the free world. Look at the shit he does. Yeah. So it's like, I'm supposed to hold myself to a certain degree, but we have somebody in office that openly has rape allegations mm-hmm. against him, says wild shit all the time. You could grab a woman by the vagina. Yeah, uh, he still won. He just he just tweeted shit about California's going to hell. Uh New York's going to hell. Kamala Monster. Kamala Monster, y'all need to vote for me. Uh there's there's no lack of there's there's uh, it's just leaves you speechless with Donald Trump. But um I feel like in this age this is the new direction that we're headed as far as is being this openness and not really limiting yourself because if that guy if, if he is the highest office in the land if he holds that title and you see how he conducts himself 
why on earth should we, you know, yes, limit ourselves as to what we feel like we should share? And if it's America, that's the main thing we we preach about is about free speech, free speech, free speech, first amendment, free speech. So if that guy is 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 a full display, an example of that, I feel like you can't really limit anybody else to what they want to say or what they want to put out there because there's no standard here anymore. Like I was watching um. Uh, my friends, you put me on the show House of Cards. I fuck with House of Cards yeah, heavy, man. Shit, yeah. The season, <laughs> the last season. Hey, it's trying. Um, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to finish through it now because I started watching it. Mm-hmm. But that show, um, she was telling me about how if you think this administration now is crazy, this is a lot like House of Cards as far as corruption and just crazy shit. Bro, 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 bro. Not even, sorry to cut you off, but not just in regards to the whole House of Cards situation or just solely this administration. Um, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, who was I? Um, it was oh, I was listening to the Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, and he had a guy on there who broke the Watergate st- um, scandal in regards to Nixon. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was in regards to just like um, like stealing shit from a hotel, mm-hmm. but it's something so minute. You know, like even with JFK, mm-hmm. the conspiracy that we were um, listening to, that's. That's outlandish. That's some movie shit, but that's real life, man. Yeah. That's real fucking life. Yeah, it is. They um the yeah the Bay of Pigs. They wanted to yeah arm militants so that way they would have an excuse to you know topple Fidel. Is mm. people are people, man. People are corrupt. Yeah, corrupt as hell. I just feel like it's on full display now. Like in the sixties and stuff, like they covered it a little. Well, no, I want to say they covered. Think it about the murder of the fucking Fred Hampton. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, come on, man. The government is, I just feel like going back to the transparency that now, since everything is more so on display, mm-hmm. um, you either own up to it like Trump did, mm-hmm. or if you deny it, then we not stupid. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, people are dense, but they're not. Uh, people are aware of it, especially with the transparency that we have, and also. The um like the type of the type of shows that we're watching like House of Cards I'm watching um Homeland right now mm. you know Brody he um the premise of the show um Marine he went to he was fighting in Iraq mm. no Afghanistan yeah he was fighting in Afghanistan this happens the story starts so all right he got arrested he got captured um two years after nine eleven. He was held captive for eight years. Um, then he came back. He is a... Yeah, they converted him into a terrorist. So he's Muslim. Mm. Yeah. And he's plotting on how to fucking assassinate the vice president. Wow. You feel me? And like, that's some conspiracy shit, but mm. that's... Everything is just crazy. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like social media is too has too much power. Like, I... It started off with something good. Like, if you watch a social media experiment on Netflix, I think that's what the documentary mm-hmm. is called. You know, it goes over how a lot of them had good intentions, like the Facebook like button and being able to share stuff and build an engagement. Like, it's supposed to start out as a good thing. And then people started to take things to their head and they attached their self-worth to the amount of likes they get or amount of engagement on a photo or video and comments. Mm-hmm. And it really builds into people's self-esteem. And it's not really a real thing, but that's an, an unhealthy attachment to what social media brings to people. Um, 
I remember dating this girl that really used to examine the amount of likes she got. Like that would Bro, be her thing. I, I was gonna talk about that. Like, yeah, she was going through her Instagram, mm-hmm. like looking at her likes or or who replied to a Snapchat story. Be like, engagement. Yeah, and it's yes. like okay, who gives a fuck? This shit's not really real. But I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't fall victim to that early on with social media, as far as like likability and mm-hmm. you know. So there is an unhealthy attachment to it, but once you realize it's bullshit, you kind of break free of it. But some people aren't. Like in the documentary, there's um, Snapchat filters. Like that's a mm-hmm. there's like a surgery thing that's dubbed after that. Facetune. Like, yeah, like it's girls out here, or maybe guys too, that really like how they look on the filter and really looking into having surgery to look at how they look in the filter. Which that's is fucking insane. That's popular in Korea, well in Asian countries. I was going to specify Korea, but that's popular in Asian countries overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how they'll have slanted eyes? They'll get surgery to make sure that their eyes are oval shaped. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It's too much. But the, the go back just to the free speech thing and social uh, social media with Donald Trump. I feel like there's no standard. Uh, watching the House of Cards show, like seeing how corrupt it is behind the scenes with Francis Underwood, that's a wild motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And fucking niggas. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's wild, bro. He I, told the dude, one of the guys in the show that was writing the book for it, him and his wife, he's like, don't cheat on my wife. And it's like, because they got like an open relationship and shit. Uh-huh. And it's just crazy. But in short, I feel like social media is good to an extent, but it's, there's, the things such as oversharing, like with the White Howard just trying to simply go live and show, you know, what they're ce- they celebrating after winning the championship and then leaking the text. And now mm-hmm. there's a story about, you know, the text being leaked. And now it's people laughing, like saying, well, at least it's a woman this time. Yeah, hey, that's what I thought too, man. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Yeah. That all, that all takes away from the moment he was trying to have by accidentally oversharing. So, yeah, I don't, mm, should just, Social media just... Oh, yeah, that definitely even takes away from the moment. Yeah, right? even, yeah dang. Even you think of Twitter, man. Like, I still love Twitter. But um, you think of when the president, when he tweets something, like, they literally got to, like, slap stuff on there now and be like, okay, this is bullshit. Please do not... This is this is false information. Like, they literally flag his tweets now. Like, they still let him have his free speech, but they warn you, okay, this is not real, guys. This is bullshit. Ironically enough, on the same um, podcast that I was listening to with the guy, his name is Will something. I forget his last name. Um, But he wrote for 20% of the presidents that the United States, he's written on 20% of the presidents that the United States has had. Uh And he, like, he's a bipartisan individual, you know, no party ties, Mm -hmm. Uh, no party ties or nothing like that. Um, And he was saying that on the first book that he wrote, it was called Rage. Uh And it was about how Donald Trump was tapping into the rage of, you know, um, the like rural white America, you know, in order to, you know, go ahead and get the votes or whatever. Uh Um, But then with the he didn't consult with Donald Trump on the first book. But then with the second book, Donald Trump was like, yo, the, um, like Donald Trump's cabinet and his PR team, it was like, yo, the reason, buddy, you know, had that perspective is because you didn't interview him. You know, like you guys had no back and forth, no conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this book, Donald Trump was like, yeah, you know, like he reached out to him, you know, like they've been incommunicado or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Donald Trump called them like three weeks or so ago, he said, and like Donald Trump wanted to add something about um, the treaty that's going on with Israel or Iran. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget which of those countries. 
Um, but the guy was like, yo, the book's already closed. I'm sorry. And then, like, all right, Donald Trump was like, okay, well, I'll get you on the next one. And the guy was like, that alludes to the fact that Donald Trump thinks that he's going to win this election as well. Um, but then Donald Trump hopped right on Twitter and was like, um, Will's coming out with a book. It's going to be fake news. Mm. So, you know, like, just because he didn't like the fact that he was going to have, you know, um, be able to add a little more sense in, he was like, yo, this shit fake. Mm. You feel me? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, he's definitely definition of narcissist. I always thought that people that have egos and stuff always thought it was fueled by like maybe drugs that maybe added to it and alcohol. But he said he don't drink or like do none of that shit. He do pills. Really? Yeah. He um is. How do you think he's so hopped up and energetic, man? Mm. Yeah, he on some shit. Well, that motherfucker's just crazy. Adderall. Probably is Adderall, but he's just crazy, bro. Like, and just so confident, he just lies to people out in the open, like. The man just got diagnosed with COVID, already trying to be back on the campaign trail and engage with people. And I think he's in Florida the other day talking about he'll come down there and kiss somebody mm-hmm. if he could. And it's like, nigga. And he has the nerve to say, um, don't let COVID ruin your lives. Don't be afraid of COVID. You know, we'll beat this thing. After like 200,000 people have died. Yeah. He hasn't issued no statement. Ain't been no national day of mourning. Ain't none. Oh, no yeah, shit. Yeah. A normal fucking minded person would do as president he hasn't done like he's so insensitive about a lot of things and i don't i don't know like he might be a calculated genius tapping into the the racist red the racist and rural white people and shit thinking that you know feeling that rage is gonna work like but it's outdated like yeah trying to scare the suburbs suburbians and saying that your neighborhood is gonna be taken over blah blah that might have worked in the 50s and 60s but nigga a lot of black people are going well now. Like yeah. a lot of motherfuckers are in the suburbs, nigga. So it's not like it's just white, literally white, and the niggas is trying to move in there. Like and speaking of that, it's like um. So the reason that they had that perspective back then is because you know um you had heavily segregated areas, so therefore like you would have a person who wouldn't be able to interact with that person. Therefore, they don't have a perspective on someone of another race. Mm-hmm. You know, we all got innate biases. We as humans, you know we've evolved to see things that are different things that aren't supposed to be Mm -hmm. um like that's how we've survived to this fucking point like Mm -hmm. that's in our that's um, atavistically in our fucking dna Mm -hmm. like that's prehistoric shit Mm -hmm. um but now with social media the media period fuck yeah like you were saying you got like black people in the suburbs now so therefore you were exposed to that so therefore you have a different perspective you can see their perspective you're like oh like, they just a person just like me. We all people, yeah? Yep. Yeah, because we're evident. Like, I was seeing, a, I think I was about to see it in earlier in the summer, and there's this guy that was speaking about the protest that was happening and, like, the amount of white people that are supportive of Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. And he was, he stated. I got to talk to you about something, yeah. So he stated that, he's an older guy, he's, like, probably in his 70s. He stated that, you know, the reason a lot of these white kids are able to understand this movement and sympathize with black folks is that, they go to school with us, mm-hmm. go to college, they're friends, they're best man to somebody's wedding or maid of honor somebody's wedding. Like, it's been integrated enough to where white people... They love people, our songs. Yeah, they love our music, they love our culture. They want to be tan like us. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? and they, they have lips and asses. All the culture appropriation. They love our music, they love us. And a lot of them went to school with us. That's what the thing he was saying. Say, back in the 60s and like 70s and stuff, 
like the hippies, like the white people that would come out in support of like you know love one, all one, all that stuff. They they more so had the idea of it. Okay, this is wrong. Like we should love everyone. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be racism. This is wrong. That's more of like an idea. Like hey man. This is not right. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they love Jimmy Hemmett drinks too. Yeah. Woodstock, you yeah, feel me? Exactly. A black dude tearing that thing up. They never heard shit like that before. Right, exactly. Yes. exactly. Then fast forward twenty twenty, it's not more so just an idea. It's experience. Okay, I'll go to school with this person. My daughter goes to school with with her son. Like we're like more integrated now. So you actually got these black people that you see dying. And the people that look like them are your friends. So mm-hmm. it's and easier to get behind this movement. You realize that could be your friend. Exactly. Like, that could be your friend exactly. that go, falls prey to that bullshit. Exactly. So I say the 60s and the shit, the hippies, I say that was more so like an idea. You know, it was all get high and hang out and love one another. <laughs> then that's more so an idea and a feeling. But fast forward to today, I think it's still an It's beyond an idea. It's the reality that this shit is wrong. Because it's like, it's the experience now that's mad. I think before is more so an idea, but now it's the experience of actually being friends and going to school and even living in the same neighborhoods and doing well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these black people are your counterparts. Yes. You do, they might do this as well, or if not better, you might report to a black man, you know, or a yeah. black woman, you know. So speaking of the whole, like, reporting to a black person and also how, like, you know, they, um, how, like, you know, other ethnicities, Anglo-Americans, all of that, how they have, like, a sympathy for us now. Um, Ikea, they dropped a catalog. Um, they, yeah, they sent out catalogs um, that were in print, but then they recalled the catalogs because there was a picture of a black dude with a broken, like, hand. Mm-hmm. And he also had a cast on his leg. Mm-hmm. And he had on a black shirt with numbers on the back of the shirt. I saw the picture and I'm like, oh, this isn't that, that bad. You know, like, why you make the face, bro? <laughs> I'm just curious as to, like, why they... Called it back. Like, what was the what was the, but, the scare? Yo, because they didn't want to. So I I didn't think like just like you. I'm like, oh, it's not that that bad. You mm-hmm. feel me? But then like I showed it to a white girl, mm-hmm. and she was like, I found it offensive. So mm-hmm. she found it offensive before I found it offensive. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And then I also showed it to um, a Hispanic woman as well, and she found it offensive. Mm-hmm. And like um, when the George Floyd situation happened. Um, Ikea had a little town hall or whatever mm-hmm. And with the town hall um, It was like a bunch of You know a bunch of us, a bunch of black people And then like we're going to say a couple sprinkles of white mm-hmm. um, And the panel was held by a Hispanic woman mm-hmm. um, And like we were just you know voicing shit And it was around the same time that um, Nancy Pelosi and them did the Nilan and the Kente Claw mm-hmm. Which they kind of botched yeah, and sure. like I felt like you know I'm like motherfuckers is just pandering man they don't really give a fuck mm-hmm. and that you know how we were talking about the higher ups mm-hmm. like a white person might report to a black person I feel like unless the company is created by you know like us mm-hmm. the chances of that are pretty slim they won't have any black people on the board just like Ikea granted Swedish company you know there's no black Swedes really mm-hmm. right. um, but the Catalog shouldn't have even gotten to print if there was a black person on the board. We would have caught that before. And like, ah. Right. And with all the other stock photos of black people, mm-hmm. you know, like, why would you choose that? It shouldn't have even gotten to the point where it was in the print. Um, 
All right, if you rap, I could go get the catalog real quick. Rap on the cast, like talk to the people real quick. I'm about to run and get it. All right. So I think it's getting the catalog with the, the black guy on there. Uh, yeah, I feel like the state of everything is just wild right now, man. Like he's talking about Trump, social media, Twitter flagging everything he posts. That's bullshit. Um, the overuse of social media or the, or the field of overshare. And transparency. Shit is crazy. And now I'm looking at the picture. Alright, we back. Uh okay, I can see why. I mean, yeah, and it shouldn't have gotten the print. But like it's not horrible. Um and I was talking to people in regards to why they would do that, and they're like, um, they're trying to probably, you know, get in front of the backlash because they don't want a lawsuit or anything like that. That's but shit is stupid. Exactly. Exactly. Simple. It's advertisement for TaskRabbit. Yeah. But it's kind of like you. So I could think of it in a number of ways. So you can do it yourself, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And then they got a black dude with numbers on the back, on his back. So it's kind of like, are they saying, yo, you ain't got to do it. Just hire a nigga. You feel me? Right. Like, he'll get it done. He might be fucked up, but man's will get it done. Or they could be like, all right, he's fucked up right now. So he wouldn't want to build it. So he'll just hire someone. Mm-hmm. But... You can't think of any other picture. Right, to, to, to fucking get that message across. Yeah, like, um, they could have a picture of a dude, you know, standing with his hands on his hips looking lost. Mm-hmm. Or even if they really want to get technical with it, they could have a picture of a woman just sitting right there, you know, because, you know, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, even not, but that just speaks to the, the sensitivity of this time, too, because you could have put a woman on there. I might be pregnant mm-hmm. and say similar, you know, you don't have to. But then there might be a group that'd be like, because she's pregnant, is she limited now? Or do you think that's <laughs> Yes, she's limited. You know? Yes. But there might be someone like, I can still do this shit. Well, the woman pregnant, there's a picture of a, of a woman pregnant far along in her pregnancy. That might that might have got across better. But still, I feel like there would have been some group or somebody to say some type of thing where she could still do it on her own or something. I don't limit her. The backlash would have been less than this picture. Yeah, for sure. This is this is probably a bad time to drop this. Like you see people getting their ass whooped on the news every mm-hmm. day. You see people getting killed by the police, and so yeah, this is yeah, it's probably the best of. But I'll yeah. just say I'm like I'm happy that they dropped it because I'm like I know I knew how y'all felt. Yeah. I, I I know how people be feeling. Yeah, they probably ain't had yeah, like you said they probably had nobody black on board to be like hey guys we should we we could we could get this. Um, Message across in a different way. And think about how many people just on the lower levels of, I don't even want to say management, but just like the cause. I'm overthinking it though. Like I feel like if I didn't have none of that context, I'll just be thinking, okay, cool. This guy has a broken leg. You know, he can't assemble it. He could get. But the numbers on the back. Yeah, the numbers on the back ain't really cool. Yeah, like just look at it like, no, guys, next slide. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we can't think of another picture to use for this. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's life, man. It's life. But, I don't know, everything is just so sensitive. But I, I get that, though. They probably could have definitely used a different picture or set up a different scenario versus the black man with numbers on the back of his shirt and a cast and a broken yeah. finger. And he got dreads. And he has well, locks. I always try yeah, to locks. All right. I'm like, man, same thing to me, bro. Yeah. I've like, seen somebody get offended by that before because they said with, with the locks, 
like the white people back in like long, long time ago, they called them dreads. Like they, it was dreadful. Like it looked like a dreadful. Mm. So a lot of people with locks, okay, or dreadlocks, they prefer locks because when you say dread, it's like almost disrespectful. To okay, them. all right, all right, all right, they look dreadful. Oh so yeah, I try to make a habit of saying locks when I see people. Yes, I'm about to say locks from now on because I ain't know that. Damn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, perspective. All about perspective. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. I'm like, that's crazy. Hell yeah, because I don't want nobody to feel slighted. Hell yeah. I just started trying to make an effort of saying locks more often. As well, continuously versus dreads. But, um, but yeah. Um, I don't know if you watched SNL this past weekend or just seen the highlights of it, but there's a... Bill Burr. Yeah. I fuck so with Bill Burr. People want to cancel him, but he was just being real. Yeah, what the fuck you real. mean? Yes. I think it's going to get to a point where people aren't going to give a fuck about being canceled anymore. People were going to be tired of stuff when people told. Like, so, yes, but, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. And also, like, in regards to Donald Trump, like, yeah. the same thing. He has a lot to do with that. Yes, like, um, with the grabbing a pussy shit. He was like, yeah, yeah I said, you can grab a bitch by the yeah, pussy. Yeah, He's like, yo, if you got money. Yeah, like, I owned it. It was locker room talk. Yeah, locker then, room talk. Yeah, yeah, if you go into the intricate details of it, like, we all know women that be fucking, you know, like that would love a chance with the rapper, love the chance to just say that they've been with an NBA player, right? Yeah. You know, so like if you got clout like that, and going also going back to the whole social media aspect of it, mm-hmm. like um, I'd be paranoid about telling you know females my IG because it's like yo, I ain't got the clout like that, you know, I ain't got the followers like that mm-hmm. because we realize that people so put so much clout and um value into the social Even the social to facade the amount of people you follow versus how many followers you yeah i'm like yeah i like dope shit i'm sorry i like looking at dope shit you yeah. feel me i'm like i gotta unfollow my dope shit just to make sure them ratios right. is right like you might have 700 followers and you follow 2,000 people somebody gonna look at they're gonna look they're gonna instantly start making the assessments right then exactly there. versus having we're gonna say 2,000 to 400 yeah. Just because, like, that's yeah. yeah. I was going, okay, this person they do they about some shit or they popping or something like that. And this it just shows the correlation of social media to value. Yes, in a sense, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Which is really sad because it's a fucking app at the end of the day. Exactly. Like you ever just hit Instagram, wait for it to load, and just realize, wow, this is really an app. This is all this is. Yeah. <laughs> this little but this little thing right here. Like people lose their goddamn mind. It's really just an app. Makes them close out and you delete it. It's not real. Like it's not real life. And like also going back to like I had this thought as well that I was gonna mention. Um, you know, you was in like um Shorty, she would get on and see how many likes she got. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one lady, you know, I know, she posted a picture. <laughs> she posted a picture and she was looking scrumptious. Mm-hmm scrumptious it was very like provocative provocateur Mm -hmm. you know like she was trying to make some riots happen or something you (laughs) feel me she was agitated in this bitch Mm -hmm. um and she posted it and i i might have slid in the dm like hey you know like what made you post that Mm -hmm. um and she was like i was feeling bad i had a bad day so i posted it you know she wants to get the likes Mm -hmm. you know for validation Mm -hmm. um you know those hits of endorphin and then she you know deleted it Mm -hmm. And it's yeah that that's the value that people place on themselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit is crazy, man. People running social media for validation about things or even to a mood boost. Like, yes. oh, I had a shitty day. Let me go ahead and throw this thirst trap up so I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I still got it. Yeah, uh, but I, I used to think that's like a thing with younger women, but it's 
it's really not across the board. Across the board. But yeah, but back to Trump though, I do think that he's um, leading the way a new renaissance, I guess, and not giving a fuck again. Because we reached a point in the past few years, everything is too sensitive. You get canceled for this, canceled for that. And you got the leader of the free world that just lies openly, doesn't give a fuck. Lies openly, but then when it's some shit that he's good at admitting, you know, I said that, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So it's like people coming up under that, it's like, okay, if this nigga's not held to a standard, or if he just breaks every standard he's supposed to be held to, or some sort of decency of respect. Like, why should I bite my tongue about doing this or watch? Or, like, comedians. I feel like the mm-hmm. comedians are about to come back because, you know, it's a dark time for them. Like, you can't for anything. But, like, somebody like Dave Chappelle, he's been, like, himself, been not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, been, like, you know, being real and truthful about things and still being funny, at least yes. in my opinion. So, I feel like with the Bill Murray guy over the weekend, you know, things that he said, he's just being real. And it's almost like, cancel me if you want. Try. Like, who? This is, this is fucking retarded. Exactly, it's retarded, and you know what I said got some truth to it. That's the thing. It ain't like it's a blatant lie. You know, it's a little truth to it. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like Trump is shitty. Only thing he really good for, I'll say, is leading the charge as far as people being able to be themselves again without necessarily disrespecting people. Like I'm not saying go out on the limb and just be lie and disrespect mm-hmm. people, but you know, if you want to live your truth. Or, you know, if you're a comedian and you want to say things that might be controversial, we have a guy in the office that says controversial shit every day. So Yo, and so, all right, you know how you were saying, like, um, a generation growing up watching this? Mm-hmm. So, like, with that generation growing up watching this that really, really puts a lot of stock into Trump, mm-hmm. if they say some of, like, if they recite some of his rhetoric, mm-hmm. like, to... A certain person, you know, like they could, you know, a person could get snuffed, like they could get, you know, mollywops. You yeah. feel me? And then that will in turn like validate that person's thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, the person who led to things being physical, mm-hmm. they'll be deemed, you know, like the worst, the bad person, the very, very bad person of right. the two. Yeah, I just think it's, I don't know, this thing is wild. Like you think about. Me and a kid or growing up in the nineties or whatnot, your your grandmother, your mom sitting in front of a TV and like, you could be the president one day. Mm-hmm. And you know, you think about that now, about some a parent sitting their kid in front of a television and they repeating bad words. I'm like, where did you learn that from? How'd you learn to say that? I'm the president. Yeah, you know, grab out of put when that was coming out, did they actually say pussy? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some of the things on the news they will let fly now. Like they will let fly. Like, you got angers cussing on the news now. Mm. So, and they don't openly do it every night, but I think Chris Cuomo said, like, bullshit. Once yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, he funny, man. Yeah. He's a funny dude. I guess it's losing it, man. People just on the news, like, yo, this is bullshit. Like, because it's getting crazy. Oh, yeah. Even Biden, he wants to say some worse shit. You yeah. feel me? Then clown. Yeah. Dumbass. This whole reality is just trash, bro. Like, um, I saw a video on Twitter of this kid deciding who to vote for. So I was like, Donald Trump's name, and under that was Joe Biden's name. It was mm-hmm. like a little box. So he was, he hovered his pen over the Trump box, and they played all the bullshit clips from Trump. Mm-hmm. So he went down to Biden. They played bullshit clips from Biden. Went back up to Trump. They played more bullshit shit from Trump, and then he went back to Biden. They kept going back and forth. And then he um he Googled how old they were. Like Trump's like seventy four, Biden's like seventy seven. So like, what the fuck? Like, what are we supposed to do? So Yeah, we fucked either way, man. 
It's sad. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Yeah, but there's people that would say you don't make matter who president. Like whatever the situation is, it's gonna be the same. Like there's people that would say they struggle under Obama. They struggle under no. A lot of people don't give a fuck who's in office. It doesn't impact their day to day life for real. They don't think so. They don't. Yeah, but I mean, I still say local elections are more important than national elections. Like you know, if you want to see changes in your city or town, definitely get on on local city councilmen, starting from there to the mayors and. Governor and people you choose to send up to DC to represent you, represent your state. So, but everything does start small first. Like our attention should be gravitated just towards the big election, which I feel like we know by now over the past few years. But, but this one really might make not make a difference. Like COVID's still going to be here with Biden. Yeah, true. With Trump, um, you know, obviously I think Biden will handle it a lot better than Trump. But you got people that will fucking rebel against having to wear a mask to protect other people and themselves and their family. Yes, sir. They tried to kidnap a fucking governor yeah. of Michigan because of her mask mandate. Like, they, just look how wild that is in 2020. All the crazy shit, you read another headline. Governor, uh, governor Michigan, Michigan governor uh, has attempted foil plan to kidnap her and kill her. They had, like, I, so I know a little bit about this. Um, and this also goes back to like me talking about Homeland. You feel me? Like the conspiracy theory shit. Like they got a dude from fucking uh, Afghanistan going plot to fucking kill the vice president. Mm-hmm. Now, real life, you got a group of white supremacists. Mm-hmm. They planted a bomb in the um, the mayor's fucking vacation home. Mm-hmm. Hold up, is it governor or mayor? It's the governor. governor. Excuse me, the governor. Yeah, that's all you see. I'm like. The, yeah, and the mayor of Detroit. All right, the governor of Michigan, they put a bomb in her vacation home. They were going to detonate it so that way the police presence get drawn mm-hmm. to the fucking vacation home. Then they're going to run up in their crib and fucking kidnap them. Yeah. Like, that's real life. I think a sheriff was a part of that. Yes, too. yes. This is real life. Like, that's like somebody here getting mad at Roy Cooper. Like, you know, I'm tired of him with po- these masks. We're going to ride on him. Political like, corruption, man. That is fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> I even like, yo, we finna ride on them. We finna kidnap this thing. I'm tired of his shit. A political official. We (laughs) fucked them. That's that entitlement, bro. It's that white entitlement. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. It is that white entitlement, bro. I'm not saying all white people are bad at all. Like, I grew up around mostly a lot of white people. I still have white friends that I grew up with way back in Erie, Pennsylvania. But um, the white privilege thing is a real thing. Like, Andrew Schultz. Yeah, yeah. He don't talk a lot about, you know, how the white perspective Mm -hmm. of... Of um, privileges, because oh, yes, it'll be like nigga, not nigga. It'll be like basically, hey, we have struggles too. There's not necessarily a privilege. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be like, okay, my aunt or such and such is in the hospital dying from cancer too, or I lost my job too, or you know, yes, we go through bullshit too. So yes. your struggle isn't yeah. any more worse or better than my struggle, but. The likeliness of us being racially profiled or having to just a bit of a harder life when it comes to just being black and mm-hmm. you know we're going to experience things we're not going to experience but I get it life does suck for everybody it just depends on how you handle things everybody got their own struggle everyone has storms and everyone has sunshine it's balance you know it's just a perspective of how you how you choose to look at something but you know in the grand scheme of things black people are always going to have a lot of things a lot more difficult you're going to have to work with 10 times harder mm-hmm. you might be that black accountant that's doing well and you might be the only one in your office and somebody's there rolling their eyes like she's only here or he's only here because of uh, affirmative action. Affirmative action. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Saying slick shit behind your back. 
So even your friends that do make money out there or or, or in the six figures or are doing very well in corporate America, and you think you know, girl, I want to be like you or mm. my nigga, you doing it? It's like they probably deal the whole. Well, I know they deal the whole shitload of stress that you know you can't really fathom if you think about the money they get. And you gotta think about the stress that comes with that shit. Of being around and being in an environment where motherfuckers don't really want you there or question exactly. why you're there. Mm-hmm. Or you turn in work and your shit gonna get looked at way harder than somebody else that turned in a report or whatever. So, yeah, you can't show up to work late. Yeah, you can. Like, you have to be perfect. You can't you have to be perfect. Because meeting is at 8 o'clock, you need to be online and sign going like quarter to 8. Exactly. So, it's always gonna be rough for black people. You know, I know some white people don't like hearing that, but that's a reality. Bro, and I'm watching... Oh, yeah, I'm still, like... Sorry to go back to Homeland, but, like, in this show, the main... I gotta let you hold this part down. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, The main woman, she is a white woman CIA analyst, and she suffers from bipolarism after she came back from the war in Iraq. And with that, it's like she came back in, she's playing a woe with me card constantly. Um, She gets put in a... Um, a psychiatric ward and when she gets put in the psychiatric ward it's like everybody is like everybody's against her and she's able to get one of the orderlies to um like be lenient more favorable with her um like she's talking back to the orderlies things of that nature and it's like that's a black person, I highly doubt that a black person would have the same luxuries and get the benefits of the doubt um, in that regard, just just because, you know? Um, all right, so, yo, I'm going to put on a temporary pause. Um, We're going to be back. All right, yo, um, we back. Quick bathroom breaks. Yep. Um, all right, so I was telling the people about how I'm at Homeland, White woman got put in psychiatric ward. Um, she's getting treated mad lenient. Like, mad lenient. They letting her on. Um, like, she telling them what the fuck to do. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, a black person wouldn't have that privilege. Like, she's playing the poor woe is me. You know, white woman card. And it's like, man, that gets old. Right. Like, very fucking, very fucking old. Mm. Um, but, alright, so... What day was that? The 26th. Uh, so the 26th, um, there was a rap battle Fayetteville. Um, my first um, far out, you know, um, like going to war, going to battle. You feel me? <laughs> right. Like right. Um, the first venture with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was dope. Yeah, like, tell us about that, brother. Came home with dubs. It was like a lot more people than I expected. You know, like a lot more people. Niggas wasn't wearing masks. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we was messed up. Like, yeah, uh, especially, yeah. hell yeah, bro. Yeah, especially like when niggas was rapping and shit. Because, like, yeah, I had to be messed up. Um, but going with that, it's like, bro, like being in that environment, you know, it's like, that shit reminded me of being back home. You know, like, niggas gangbanging and shit like that. What's home? What's home? Oh, Chicago, man. Like, remind me of Shadrach Illinois. Uh, Like, the young lady who... The young lady that I'm rapping right now, she's also from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's from the white part. Like, she a Becky. um, Okay. Yeah, so she's from, like, an area where my... Where one of my exes in high school, where she grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like... 
old school white, like mm-hmm. Mayor Daly, you know, who was the mayor of Chicago for mad long. Mm-hmm. That's where his family's from. You know, they mad racist, you know, mm-hmm. white or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was telling Shorty, I'm like, yo, like being out there, it reminded me of being back on the fucking south side of Chicago, like niggas gangbanging and shit. Mm-hmm. Just like that, that whole, you know, like the whole element of it. You mm-hmm. feel me? And I'm like, damn, niggas still, you know, I forget that people still gangbang because yeah. I, you know, hung with gangbangers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even when I go home, like, I still got people who gangbang. You know, they shake up, they do all of that, but they don't really, you know, like, be, you know, how they flags out like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, damn, I'm like, that shit, it was just like, it took me back, man. It yeah. took me back. No, the battle rap community or environment definitely can be a little hostile. And you will be reminded that people do still gangbang. That is a real culture. That's a real thing mm-hmm. across and, the whole country. And I was talking to the young lady who um, was in Fayetteville. And she was like, why did you gangbang? And I'm like, I explained to her, like, especially with rap in the black community, mm-hmm. like the gangs, like gangbanging and rap. That's kind of synonymous mm-hmm. because you will have um, up and coming artists. Mm-hmm. The gang will be like, "Yo, we gonna funnel money into you. Mm-hmm. You know, we gonna be your backing. You know, we gonna get you the publicity, the spotlight, and then you know, you with us. You know, you kick us back. You know, we'll look out for security and all of that. Mm-hmm. Therefore, yeah, like similar to every fucking the most recent example I could think of involving a snitch Takashi. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't really about that life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole reason I even bring that shit up is because my my nigga Zay with that bar. <laughs> how your little homie fucking, I mean, how your big homie young, yeah, how your big homie younger than you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, yeah. How is your big homie younger than you? Yeah, man. That, uh, uh, I don't know. People do, I mean, people do definitely lean on games to help break them out or whatnot, like with the, the person you mentioned. Uh, I mean, clearly they went to prison and ratted on everybody. I, that just shows kind of how monkey, how money conquers too much a little bit to where it make people blind and they don't even care about how real somebody is. Yeah. They don't bring some money in. But um, but yeah, back to what you're saying about with the battle rap thing. Yeah, people still do gangbang. You will see blue and red um, everywhere, black. Like that's really a culture thing. Is just if you're a part of that or not. I don't identify with that. Well, I remember the game said a long time ago in the interview, um, if you don't come from it, don't don't speak on it. Or, oh, yeah, or, not, or if you're not, I think he's more so talking about LA. If you're not from LA, don't 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 comment on it, basically. Because yeah. out there, that's really a lifestyle. You're born into that shit. Oh, yeah, you got OG grandmas. Like, yeah, really with the shit. That shit is normal. So, but, um, but yeah, battle rap, hostile environment. Um, it depends, though. It's different type of fields of battle rap. You got the street battle rap to where. Everyone rocks about killing you and selling drugs and just creative ways to kill you. That's what they write. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, more witty type of battle rap where it's funny, poke fun at you. Like, when we went to Canada last year for King of the Dot, which is my favorite platform I've been on thus far or mm-hmm. been a part of thus far to, to be at their shit in Toronto. Um, that's definitely more of a relaxed... It's still aggressive, but nobody's talking about, like, really killing you. <laughs> it's more so just kind of breaking you down as a person or mm-hmm. um, or maybe, like, just joking on you or whatnot. It's a dope environment. Um, we went there last year. Zay battled this white dude 
uh, I think his name was Tipsy. Okay. Tipsy Russell, I think he called himself. Okay, he white henny. Yeah, no. but yeah, yeah. So he was a cool white dude. I think him and they still got a relationship to this day. Like they, they cool. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely different type of environments with battle rap. So it can be hostile with like under like URL and some of the other you know platforms. But then there's shit in London, you know, to where it's not about how tough you can rap. It's more so the wittiness of it and the bars and you know maybe even you know. Laughing and, and joking about mm-hmm. shit in there make you laugh. That's the shit I, I do kind of like. Yes. But um, yeah, with the far out, you know, the whole thing of that just represents being different and really being yourself for real. Like a lot of things, the companies, organizations, or models can say that you know that's not nothing new under the sun. Well, far out is really embracing what it is to be different. Or if you are weird, or you feel like you know you just different from everybody else. You yeah. know, you grew up always kind of hearing, oh, you different or you special. I see something about Let you. me interject real quick. So I feel you on that note, and I found it crazy how um during the um during the rap battle, like when people would come up against, you know, a member of Far Out, they would just mention, like, Far Out in the instance of, like, a rap label or, you know, just, like, a clique of, you know, battle rappers. But then that goes back to your vision. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, they stuck on the, the, the minute the microcosm of it. They don't see the like this just this just is just the root for, you know, like the branches. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the seed that a tree's gonna grow from and then like the different branches gonna be touching everything. Right, yeah. Um Yeah, a lot of people are just stuck on like the battle rap aspect of it, but it's bigger than that. Even a lot of my close friends know that I'm not like the big battle rap fan, I'm not a battle rap head guy. Like it just started out from supporting a friend Jay who's actually very, very good with battle rap and we saw that very beginning in college. Like he could really rap. So just pushing him to really get into it and he got his first battle like what, two years ago? Or three years ago, I think in like September twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. he got his first battle. And then um, you know, he's just been building and building and building since then. He hasn't even had that much that many battles as, you know, a lot of the other battle rappers that have been out maybe at the same time. But um, he just climbed the ranks in like a short amount of time, but he always had that in him to be the talent that we always seen. Exactly. Him actually showcasing it now and getting opportunities to do so. So it just started with supporting a friend, but, um, you know, originally it was like a management team and it just started morphing into more and more things and I eventually, you know, licensed it as a company last year. And we just trying to build and grow. So like with the far out perspective, that's a branch under the far out. That's um another another branch on the tree. Um with the battle rap that is a part of a branch on the tree. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a big battle rap fan like that, but a lot of people adapted or a lot of people have heard of Far Out through Battle Rap. Yeah, it's a heavy branch. Yeah, they, a lot of fruits on that yeah, bitch. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of people identify far out with battle rap, but the goal and the plan and what will happen is people eventually see Hopefully sooner than later that is beyond this battle rap. Like this is really a brand that represents it's an inclusive brand for everybody to identify with. So we love white people. <laughs> yeah, white people too is everybody. So if you feel like like I keep going back to weird. Cause when I looked up far out, the first thing I looked up was weird. I was honestly looking up things to describe myself when I thought people thought of me and weird was one of the words. So I was like, I typed in weird and far out. I got a promo for us. Like, ah, uh, you know how my mind be working. Uh, when we done with this, I'm um, right like, I gotta show you something in the living room, man. Right, right, right. Cause like, yeah, like vision, man. I don't know if you need to write it down. Nah, I already got like I wrote this down, bro. Like, yeah, we good. Far out things, man. Uh.
but but so in my mind, yeah. So I looked up weird and afar was one of the words. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. It's somebody out there that might feel like me, that might felt socially awkward, or maybe deep down they always knew that they was dope, but other people just thought whatever they thought of them, or maybe they only showed like a shadow of themselves. They wasn't really themselves all the way. But that person might be writing the fucking cure to cancer, or might be writing out. Um, so. You know how you was like, um, people like back in the day, like if you were different, they would say weird. So you like growing up, I was a nerd, bro. Like I had the glasses, the oval shaped glasses, my guy. Yeah. Like that's why, like, you know, um, yeah, bro. That's so went to Christian school, um, went to public school, then, um, went to a military school for high school. But then like, so the transition from public to, I mean, from private to, um, to public school, that's when, like, I moved to my grandmother's neighborhood, like, niggas gangbanging or whatever. So that's where, you know, I'm like, fuck, I got to hide my nerdiness and mm-hmm. shit. You know, like, I can't let niggas know that I yeah. fuck with Dragon Ball Z and things <laughs> like that. Um, but I went to a baby shower this weekend. You're doing yourself a disservice when you do that. Yes, yes. I went to a baby shower this weekend. Like, the people, um, they were talking about, like, the, they had a um, Nintendo Switch set up. And with that Nintendo Switch... Um, one of the dudes asked about games, and then I was like, oh, you know, like, I know about fucking Pokemon too, bro. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we got on the subject of how, like, back then, you know, like, Marvel, the comics, all of that shit, mm-hmm. even fucking with Batman, um, Naruto anime, that shit was taboo. It was like, bro, that nigga lame as fuck. Mm-hmm. But then now you've got motherfuckers like, big. yes, bodybuilders wearing fucking Dragon Ball Z shirts talking about leveling up. You got this dude, Israel Assignant. Um, the baddest motherfucker in the middleweight division of the UFC doing fucking Naruto Jitsu. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, bro. Like, a lot of chicks are in anime, too. Like, yeah. Megan Thee Stallion is an anime fan. Bro, like, they try to, like, it's... I never liked anime, though, so I can't, yeah. I can't ride the wave now. Oh, hey, hey, hey. No, you good. Like, it's to each their own, but that's, like, you being far out, you being true and unique mm-hmm. to yourself. You exactly. feel me? That's got to be some bullshit, though, to grow up worried about getting teased or bullied because you like this shit. It was some bullshit. Yeah. It's like the biggest thing ever. <laughs> you see it in all the artwork for people's yeah. albums and music and shit. But yeah, so far is is to be inclusive. It represents being different. So, like I said, you might be that weird person or whatnot or socially awkward or people might think you don't got nothing to offer, but shit, you might be that person that finds a cure for cancer. Well, probably already is a cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the government, though. Like, you know? Uh, Back to conspiracy. Yeah, but uh, you know what I mean? You can be that person that writes the, the next cure to something, you know what I mean? Or you might be the per or you might write music really well. You might not play piano, you might not play a violin well. You might be a good athlete. Somebody just might gotta bring it out of you, you know. Um there's so many things you might offer that's already inside of you, you're just not aware of it. Or maybe you might be aware of it, you just might be shy about it. So the point of far out is just embracing that and being different and what it is that you offer. That's just being dope. That's inclusive. That's not limited to nobody. It's not limited to black people. It's not limited to nobody. It's anybody all across the world that feels like they have something to offer the world or they're dope at what they do. And maybe they just be low key with it. Or maybe they haven't discovered it within themselves. Or maybe it's there, they just haven't discovered it or are confident enough to bring it out. But they're far out. Or you can wear it on your sleeve. You might know you the shit. You might be very confident what you do, you know. But it might still be a uniqueness to it. So it's it's far out. It's far out, man. It's really, it's really like a all means purpose brand. And the far people. out individual just text me, bro. The man we gonna have on the podcast. I'm like, my bad. Yeah, see, that's God. <laughs> yeah, see, that's far out. The guy we're gonna have on here next. He's far out. What he does, he's an artist. And he got some stories to tell about what he doing his craft. It's far out. So. 
the goal is really Brandon's thing as what I wanted to where I see it as I feel like when I listen to Nipsey Hussle he got the song he had a song on his album oh, excuse me Victory Lap called Real Big sorry mm-hmm. like my favorite song on the album might be one of my favorite Nipsey Hussle songs I'm not gonna fake the funk like I've been like a big Nipsey fan prior to his death like wherever the music listen to some of it but Victory Lap was the album I started to play like before he died and then that and he died I went back in the archives and like like damn like you really lost somebody that was on his way like, mm-hmm. that's somebody that's far out yeah. like the man built up his own community built up his community gave people jobs felons jobs the marathon store in his hood like oh, empire like man. everything they say you preach you're supposed to do he did like, everything Tupac talked about doing those old interviews like mm-hmm. Nipsey was living it he he built upon the foundation that Tupac laid, especially like yeah. with that West Coast shit. You yeah. know, like and he I, knew it. He, yes. Tupac of my generation. That's that's mm-hmm. being present. That's being aware. That's yes. not even no ego shit. He was just present. He yes. conscious. Yeah, he just was aware. But yeah, what was you about to? Um, that just basically that. Like, yeah, he laid the foundation. Like, all right, um, Tupac laid the foundation. Nipsey built upon it. Um, mm-hmm. and then he like. He wanted the he did mentorship, you know. He um put out book lists, you know. Yeah, he recommended Contagious. books. Contagious yeah. is one of the books. I went to school for marketing, and Contagious is uh why things catch on. So um that book it goes over different stories and different businesses and things that they did to capture people's attention, even down to how you sell stuff. Like when was the last time you read it? Last year. Oh, good. All right, all right. Yeah. Re- reread it so that yeah. way you get a um, newfound perspective. Yeah, I need on. to actually buy. It. I got it from the library. I need to actually buy it. But can say, yeah, I, when he after he died, they had a book list. Like he email his team like mm-hmm. books and shit like to recommend. So one of the books on his list was Contagious and um, Message to the Black Man, okay. Elijah Muhammad. That's a book I still want to pick up. But yeah, Contagious. That's a like, I went to school for marketing. So Contagious. That's that's a book I recommend to anybody that's like starting a business or, or you know your brand or you you selling you retail or whatever it is you do restaurant. That's a book I would say I would suggest to anybody to read that's doing a startup. Um, but yeah, to get back to the the point why I brought up Nipsey is that um real big yeah real big and also again with the marketing um. You know, so I went to school for that. When I was in school, he dropped Crenshaw, and he mm-hmm. dropped what I think proud to pay like a hundred dollars for like what? I think he sold a hundred mixtapes for hundred dollars. Yeah. They all sold out. I think Jay Z bought like ten of them or something like that. Fucking yeah. Oh no, he, I think he put out a thousand for a hundred dollars. I think um, Jay bought like a hundred of them or something like that. But anyway, that captured my attention. If you're a marketing person, you're in the branding and advertising and selling. That's gonna capture your attention. Like, what are you selling this for this much? Like, that was some game changer shit. And I think he used that money to help fund all money in, too. But anyway, back to real big. So <laughs> the point of how I'm trying to get far out to be is so I can sit back one day and be like, you couldn't understand my plan. Now you niggas know. That's what he said in real big. And everything came in the full circle. Like, at the start of it, you couldn't understand my plan. Like, Marathon, you know, Marathon continues the whole brand with that. Couldn't understand my plan. Now you niggas know. Self-made, well-paid, and... That's the point I love to get to one day. I could be champagne drunk, cigar in my yes. hand, and everybody black, white, everybody's around repping far out or has a far out apparel on merchandise. And it grew from just battle rap, which some people might just think it's that to the whole worldwide brand. And I, my goal is to be at the top of that saying, Cut, understand my plan now, you niggas know. You know, with the help of Zay's been there from day one. Yeah, bringing you on the team with Gary, you know, with my boy Wap. So you know, just adding more people onto it. But that's the whole grand scheme of things. I know I went on the whole goddamn 
rant about the Nipsey. Right, you great, you great. It's a very inspiring dude, man. Inspiring man. Like that's one of the people you just wish you could see how far they would go because he's only at the start, man. Like exactly. His first real album that came out, Grammy nominated. He's only at the start. On the property, only like a start. motherfucker. Yeah, man. So, yeah, but yeah, he's definition of a hustler, man. Someone to truly aspire yeah, to emulate. And he had the respect. He had the respect. So. A hustler, man, like just good people. All right, um, world, we gonna let y'all go though, cause we like we ain't even think it was gonna be this long. Hell right? no. Nah. How long did it turn out to be? Um, we had, I gotta take out the first couple minutes, but I think we had like forty five minutes or so. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, all right, world, we are we out. This is Nikki Beans, Card Architect, and peace.